Hello everyone, I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Routes, the program where we gather every day at this time. Hank Vogler, we do it Monday through Friday. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between rural and urban America. It's Monday, Hank checking in from North Spring Valley, Nevada. All happy that the big lamb consumption day has come and gone. Yes, sir. Had lamb myself. Can you believe that? I did, too. Thank you. Thank you. Really. I had, it was a great day. I had I had to buy this lamb. I guess my lamb in my freezer is gone. But, um, no, I didn't even buy this. My, my mother-in-law acquired this somewhere. I don't know where. But it's an interesting thing. They call it a, a lamb shank. But there's no shank. It's yes. Bo- it's boneless. Delicious. It's boneless. Oh, boneless lamb shanks. Yeah. Hmm. And so the, they, if you leave the bone in, there's a lot more flavor. I understand that. And they they wrap it in a net because, you know, people just don't want to deal with the bone anymore. But regardless, Kelly cooked it really well. It was it was outstanding right, right alongside my ham and brisket. We had ham, brisket, and lamb. <laughs> We're covered. Okay. Okay. All right. I guess in your particular position, you have to do that, you know. We got through on Good Friday. It was a good Friday here on the Needmore. We got through shearing. And the Uruguayans pulled out and went on down the road to the next stop. And uh, we're supposed to load the wool's one truckload this afternoon and then catch up from there. Mm-hmm. So there. I go. Then Saturday, I hid my Easter eggs and... I spent all day yesterday looking for them and haven't found any of them yet. So, <laughs> And I'll tell you what, this crap about this, it's not crap. I mean, if it yeah. comes into your family and you got a problem with it. I've been social isolating for 35 years, so I'm ahead of the curve. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, I've had to join a 12-step program at AA just for putting <laughs> so dang much sanitizer on my hands. So, yeah. My yeah. wife follows me around with a bottle of that and squirts me every time I go outside and touch anything. So. <laughs> yeah, you know, that'll be the next problem because yeah. you don't use those uh, antibacterial solutions without repercussions. So that's going to lead to another level of resistance in antibiotics or something. Yeah, yeah. We just... I. <laughs> This is not the first rodeo. This has been going on for 80 bazillion and, and a quarter years. And, and, and uh, yes, it is a travesty. And, yes, there are things that are going wrong. But, okay, uh, let's do every time you go to work in the morning, have, you know, take your temperature. If you got a temperature, guess what? Stay home. Yeah. If you don't have a temperature, go to work. If you come down with the temperature at work, go home. I mean, for goodness sakes. I got a question for it's, you. It's there. Yes, sir. So everybody knows that the hum, human body and its biome is made up of bacteria. Maybe as many yep. as 80 million bacteria cells. Or maybe it's billion. Billion with a B. How many viruses... Is the human body made up of? 
know that there are any viruses, they, but they get on the human body, don't they, and get into the... Uh, well, <clears throat> I think if you swallow them, and uh, they die. Are you kidding me? Eighteen years, and I finally... They're probably I find, on your skin, huh? Eighteen years, and I finally found a topic that I can stump Hank Vogler on? Wow, I'm proud of myself. 380... Well, I, if there's viruses... 380 trillion viruses in and around and on the human body at all times. 380 trillion. What's a trillion? Who counted them? Well, we're going to get to count the trillions here real quick <laughs> because we owe trillions now. Yeah, but we don't owe anybody because we're just printing money left and right, I'm told. But, Hank... Can you well, get your head around? Yes. And, uh, can, can, wait a minute. Zimbabwe did that. Wait a minute, Zimbabwe. Can you get your head around three hundred and eighty trillion? Whether it's a virus or a dollar, what what three hundred and eighty trillion viruses make up the human body? Well, the largest organ in the human body is the skin, right? And I'm sure that that's why we have it as a protective layer. It's what three or four layers thick. And and we shed it all the time, but it's it's part of the system. That's a, yeah, and just because you have a variant, you know, I mean, right. I, I've been to that rodeo in a in a different way. Doctor Carr came in and <clears throat> said they needed to go see him, and so I went to see him. And Doctor Carr walked in, and it was a man. And I said, just my luck, I got a cross dresser for a doctor. He said, no, that's my wife. You're too sick for her. And I said, boy, I'm so tired of you people telling me I'm going to die. I know I'm going to die. I started dying the day I was born. No, he said, let me show you. He showed me this giant fistula that had grown off of my spleen through my diaphragm into my lungs. He says, that's why every time you do anything physical, you spit blood. Mm -hmm. But there's so much of it in there, we can't kill it all. We got to get in there and mop it up, and then we can get rid of what's left. Otherwise, there's going to be one tenth to one percent that will mutate, and when it comes back, it'll come back, and we will have no way to fight that particular flavor. So, yeah, it's been going on for a long, long time. Yeah, all kinds of things like that, and 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 some people have very low immunity to things, and even when they're young, you know, they tip over. But when you get old, and and your immunity has been compromised from nothing more than the ravages of old age, I guess and, things and, just kind of put you out of your misery. And poor diet. We've been told to eat wrong for 40 years, Hank. That, that's a large contributor. Yep. Yep, you got to know it. Yes, sir. Yeah. We have been, we have been on the juggernaut of, of touchy-feely or whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, <clears throat> no animal fats, anything like that. Right. Nothing that the human evolved over the last 80 bozillion and a quarter years mm -hmm. uh, is out. You got to eat rocks and dirt. And I don't know, it just our system was never, ever put together to consume some of the things that we were told to consume to stay away from. Uh, it just doesn't work. Yeah, and, and then everybody wants to live in a sterile little bubble with no exposure and immunity. I mean, everybody thinks they had a peanut allergy, they're gluten intolerant, they're all of these other things. You, you, you're just well, putting your immune system that. in challenge. Yeah, we did, didn't we? we no, 
Well, we did not. We did <laughs> Go not. Go to the grocery store. <laughs> yeah. We did not cure it, Hank. Let's be clear. clear. You and I had nothing to do with it. Yeah, but a gluten intolerance and all of that stuff went flying out the window. Organic, all of it. I mean, they cleaned her out. Yeah. Except there's two old bent cans of vegetable terrian soup. <laughs> and, and a lot of fake pink slime. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, people, people got down to the basics, by golly. And then me, I, I'm, I mean, they, they already looked at me like I was some outer space when I'd whip in there and fill up four or five of them flat cars, head for the checkout counter. Now they won't even give you a flat car. Uh, you know, and they think I'm a hoarder. I'm trying to tell them, I'm trying to feed my crew so I can feed you people. You yeah. understand that? You know, they're talking, it was on the news this morning that they're having trouble all over the world getting people to harvest crops because of this pandemic. It, nobody wants to, you know, everybody's uh, scared of everything. And so, you know, there's going to be, according to the these experts, that there's a good chance of famine just because there's no farm labor well i'm faced with that we're going into the driest winter we've had the driest winter in in my lifetime here 35 years i'm very reluctant to allow you to go into this at this moment in time but we can talk about leading to a famine which would have been never predicted had you read the bible at uh yeah well i don't know where that at was coming from but we're taking a break at this moment we'll be back with more roll route hank Bogler on a monday after this all right off the bat let's talk about the certified piedmontese opportunity the opportunity to add value to your beef cattle operation the bottom line who knows what it's really going to be about but when you have a specific price in mind and you can achieve that by getting a premium over the market price, because the consumer is willing to pay for tender beef, why would you not look into it? At least give it a good look. Details about joining up and becoming a contract producer for the rapidly growing beef supply and internet sales since this all started have skyrocketed. So, be a part of the Piedmontese contract producer group at www.lonecreekcattleco.com. To be clear, you don't join there. You get more information there, and you see if it might work for your beef cattle operation. Marlon Will is the guy that you need to talk to. He's based in Broken Bow, Nebraska. Details at LoneCreekCattleCo.com. Welcome back to Wall Route. Trent Loose alongside Hank Vogler, who's a, a leader. I'm even feeling we're social distancing because he and I are about, uh, what are we, 800 miles apart? And yeah, all of that. And every time we hear you take a drink of that coffee, I feel compelled to drink out of mine. So you, you're implying peer pressure just over the program. Well, you just you just hurry up and get through this segment because my cup's about empty. By grab. We're <laughs> we just started this segment on the, on the next go round. Oh, well, hurry! <laughs> but, no, I mean it's crazy. We've got. Things that go around the world, and it's sort of like the drop of water that falls out of the sky that runs down the creek that runs into the Amazon that runs out into the ocean. Everything is connected. Agriculture, 
And regular industry, they say, creates five more dollars as it goes through the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. I think it's seven. Agriculture creates seven new dollars. Oh, okay. Hmm? Uh, I, I, I jumped ahead of you. I misunderstood your point. Go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt. So anyhow, you have commerce. And when you pay somebody, they spend the money, and it goes on and on. They buy, you know, and we've proven that you don't need to go to Disneyland because you can't. You don't need to go to the casinos in Nevada or anywhere else because you can't. But you got to go to that grocery store. Now, the number one priority should be is not getting Disneyland opened up, but make sure that agriculture can perform. And when you have all the hoops that are still up that you have to jump through, get somebody to work in agriculture. Even us, I haven't had anybody banging on my door wanting a job. That so and it, and it's worldwide, all over the world. Somebody has to harvest the crops. In this country, a half a percent is producing eighty percent of the food. And what do we do? We have all sorts of bails out for small business. We have all sorts. Of, but has anybody mentioned the fact that the uh, I've got the best wool crop I've ever had? I've hardly had a bale of of short and tender wool. And the wool buyer said, "Dig a hole and bury it." Uh, that takes a pretty good little bang out of the need more sheep company. We ordinarily lamb in three places. We can't get our men back, so we're going to lamb in two places. So we got to move twice as fast because we'll have that much larger drops at night. We'll have to move ahead. We're walking into the worst dry period we've ever had in, in my history here. And so it, it is all going to affect the outcome of what I produce and what I produce will pay instead of 23 people will pay 19 and those 19 people will support their families who can't even go to out of their houses to go get the money out of the bank to go to the grocery store and stand in line this you know it's it's that drop of water that fell out of the sky at the head of the Amazon and then another drop next to it another it makes the Amazon River flow or the Mississippi or whatever and the number one thing we better be protecting is the thing that we have neglected the longest, and that is agriculture. Pretty pretty preachy here this morning, huh? Yeah, so last week, you know, I was all about telling what's going on with the milk dumping because we're dumping hundreds of thousands of gallons of milk. You, I don't understand why anybody would ever tell you to bury wool. I'll come back to that. But this week we're going to see the same ripple effect because uh, now the ethnic communities of the Midwest, apparently, I say apparently because that's the news reports, are being hit with the flu, I mean COVID-19. And so news report Friday that Smithfield Foods, a large pork packer in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, announces they're shutting down indefinitely. Uh, that's gonna. I mean, that's gonna be the same effect as dumping milk. What a pork producer is gonna do? But wool, wool is. You can store it. You can put it in a warehouse. It'll still be there. You can't put milk in a warehouse. You can't put pigs in a warehouse. Why would you bury uh, wool? Seven hundred thousand pounds are sitting in Twila, Utah, right now from last year's wool crop that nobody wanted to buy, whether it was the trade agreements, the tariffs, or whatever. It's sitting there. So now the warehouse is full. 
the warehouse runs on the fact, and it's a cooperative amongst the producers, runs on the percentage that they take of the price of wool to run the warehouse. Well, first thing that's happened is we have to, instead of paying, when we get our wool check, they deduct all of their things. Now we're having to pay everything up front because, they, A, they've had to cancel the sale because nobody wants the wool, and, B, they got no place to store it, and, C, they have no money to operate uh, their overhead. So, I mean, it's, the, the, that little drop of water just hit the creek, you know. It's got to run down all the way to the, to the Gulf of Mexico. We ordinarily didn't get charged nothing to put it to – we had right. the freight, everything came off of our wool check. Well, if you can't sell the wool and you got it setting over there, those mm. people have to eat. Those pe- people have to pay the bills. They have to pay the rents, all that. So they're asking for the money up front. So that's another, you know, cost of doing business. And and, and it's uh, it goes through my little world, and, and there's going to be other issues and events. How about the guys planting corn? Right. You know, they are they hitting a home run with three dollar and probably at the elevator, probably three dollar corn or less. Oh, I don't think and, you can and, get three dollars for a, it anywhere. Yeah. So. All right. So what are you going to do? You've got to feed your family and which feeds other families, which feeds those hogs at Smithfield Foods. You know, how come cattle? I want everybody to be clear about that. Those are not. Smithfield hogs that go into that plant, Smithfield owned by WH Group out of Hong Kong, all of the Hutterite families, people in Iowa, Minnesota, South Korea, they all sell pigs to Smithfield. Smithfield owns 33% of all pigs produced in this country. That particular plant produces 5%, which, by the way, your neighbor pork producer south of Utah, all of those pigs come to that Smithfield plant. So it's going to have a ripple effect to everybody, not just the people that grow for Smithfield. Right. And that's my total premise, is that all that ripple effect. Well, then when you go into Banker Tougher and all at the PCNA, uh, what are you going to say? <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> well, what do you mean, principal? <laughs> when did you start that crap? I got to pay you back? Yeah. Huh, I haven't paid you back for all these years. You've been packing me because some rich doctor wants to have a lifestyle ranch out here with anybody. And my and so my ranch is, is uh, worth three times as much as it ought to be because it's all paper, blue sky over the ranch. It has yeah. nothing to do with what walks off the okay, end of the scale. But, but loan officer tough and all, well, he doesn't have many options right now because everybody's in all of a sudden everybody's in the same boat you wanted socialism hank vogler you got it everybody's at the same level because nobody's in a better (laughs) position than you socialism is the equal distribution of misery (laughs) 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 yes sir you you got it give the man a cigar he can be taught (laughs) yes sir (laughs) i never heard anybody say that though did you make that up? <laughs> no, Winston Churchill said it. No. Capitalism, capitalism is the is the unequal distribution of wealth. Socialism is the equal distribution of misery. Yeah, I wish I'd have said it. Well, I, I'd be, I'd, I'd be, I'd be famous. They'd be writing songs about me. By God, that he said it prior to two thousand. I think now you can claim credit for it. It's like a patent. It only lasts for X number of years, and then <laughs> yeah, then somebody know, else can pick it up. He's been dead longer than that. 
Yeah. I mean, if Socrates, hey, if Socrates says something insightful, he's not going to be around here to file a lawsuit against you for trying to claim it. <laughs> but maybe his cousin Leroy will. I don't know. <laughs> Socrates, anyhow, yeah. Socrates would not have a cousin named Leroy. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's just a thought. <laughs> but, but again, I mean, you know, everybody thinks that this is just horrible because we can't go to Disneyland or, or we can go to the grocery store, but then it's empty. You know, and and all the pictures when I was growing up, they showed the stores in the Soviet Union under communism, and and they were all empty. There was, yeah. You know, people stood in lines at like 80% or 90% of all the produce and, and, and uh, food that was produced was produced in, the, in gardens mm-hmm. and brought to town and sold in open markets. Again, capitalism. You think, because you think history uh, repeats socialism, itself? You don't, you don't work. Yeah. We, we got to take I a guess break. it does. And famine. You know, uh, once again, you use the word famine, and I say I got to go to a break. <laughs> There's a trend developing here. <laughs> Hashtag famine. When we get back, more roll route right after this. And I do appreciate those of you that called from the Northeast Colorado area. I my trip is somewhat up in the air, but I am going to make a run to Brush. I was going to then run up to Cheyenne, but uh, those pigs are out, so we don't know. No matter what, I'm going to come to Brush. If you want pork or pigs or anything pig-related, I don't think I can get you any beef. Just get a hold of me, as so many of you have. We're going to make that happen this week. Stay tuned for the day. Otherwise, if you don't live in that region, just get a hold of me. We can ship it anywhere. Tremendous supply of bonus or bone-in pork chops right now. Come to your door. You don't need to go to the grocery store. Welcome back to Roll Route, second half. Oh, wait. Did you go fill your coffee during the break? You were pontificating that you had to do that. Thank you. Thank you very much. I I, I figured you, you'd probably forget, so I've I been going easy on it. I got about one more shot left, but right. I got a little, little blast there. Okay, so hashtag famine. We're coming back to that, but. Uh, before we do that, I don't know where my trip to help you shear stands for 2020 because um, people are nervous about being able to show their pigs for the summer shows, and they're bailing on me left and right. I, at this moment, don't think I got anything sold in Wyoming. Nevada's up in the air. Utah may be still happening, so you might have to go ahead and shear without me. Well, the hair's in the sack as of Friday. <laughs> okay, well then I'll get that trip organized. <laughs> yeah, you can you can come. Everything's all right. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I, you're I, about to walk us down the famine road again. Well, okay, the famine. Everything we ever read about famine was always the same thing. You know, pestilence of some kind, uh, drought of some kind. You know, some some catastrophic thing. Well, nobody ever thought that this virus could cause a famine, but it very well could. And, and, and not just because of my little scenario, not being able to get my men here and what it will have an effect on the need more, you know. Uh, I, yes, and I will have to tell if, if it comes to that, tell Banker Tougher and all at the PCNA, Mother Ray, hey, you know, just how many of these sheep outfits you want, you know, how big you want to get because uh, – you know, we're going to have to figure something out. It's going to be that way with the vegetable farmers. 
They're having a heck of a time getting crops harvested in California right now, in Germany, all over the world. Well, that little drop of water is hitting the hitting the hitting the creek, and down the down she comes, and it has to keep collecting together to work. And if it doesn't, it's a famine. It can cause a disruption in the food supply. Uh, talk to the Irish folks when the when the uh, the potato famine was created. Uh, talk to the people in Ukraine in the 30s. When Russia, to show how great so, uh, socialism, communism was, they exported all the grain and starved those people to death. Uh, you know, we've we've had artificial famines before, and I believe we're creating one right now. Yeah, look at let me look at the big picture. The big picture is the fear mongers said. 200,000 people could die of this virus. We must shut things down now. We must have shelter in place. Orders coming now. We're going to kill 2 million people for other causes because they don't have adequate nutrition. And nobody's going to take a second look at it. That's how stupid we are, Hank. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, how about cooking at home? That's going to take a little heat off of the restaurants, but whoops. What about the 25 people that were working at Jim Bob's? Yeah. You know, you could, or, well, or what are they, where, where are they going to pay their bills? How are they going to pay, you know, we have some friends here. That they were kind of going over what it costs. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you sure you want to admit to illegal the, activity on the air? Uh, we're... Uh, they're Chinese, so that's okay. Everybody well, that makes would it like better. them not to be around. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> and and we were talking about I so late, and I said, "Well, dinner won't be for fifteen minutes. I don't think you're going to be late." <laughs> oh, it, I mean, but, if you don't start laughing, I mean, you're going to go mad. That's the moral of the story. But, but what do we do? Yes, it is. What What do we need to do, Hank? Last half of this program geared uh, towards solutions instead of identifying well, uh, idiots causing problems. We, well, we uh, start very simply by firing the engine back up. You know, we we put a new set of pistons and everything. Now let's fire the engine up, see if it'll run again. That's what we have to do because every right. piston has to fire in line to make the motor work. So we need people right now. To help harvest crops. Number one priority was, is to fill those shelves back up in those stores. Mm-hmm. Now, w- that means we've got to get all the dock workers. We've got to get all the truck drivers. We've got to get all these guys. And guess what? If you got a fever, respect for other human life, go home, stay home. And maybe that's the answer. Rather than sending everybody a check, <clears throat> if somebody right. comes down with a fever, you call in. And they pay you for the for sick days while you're home, yep. but you only pay the people that are sick. Now there'll be some people that'll go fishing and take advantage of that. But anyhow, go to work. Go to work. If you come down feeling tough, go home. Wear a face mask, maybe. I, you know, I don't even know that we need to go there. Uh, They're okay. saying that if you wear the face mask, you know, and, uh, I don't know. Okay, so everybody's got an idea, but go back to work. But herein lies a problem, and you and I have talked about this at, at some point in time. Okay, let's just say something happened to the uh, Patron at Needmore Sheep Company. 
Okay. Uh, I maybe could come in. And, I mean, I, I know livestock. I don't know first thing about herding sheep. I don't know the first thing about what it takes. But I do know animal husbandry. And I'm just using me as an example. But there's a whole different level of, of, of a problem at your place because I couldn't communicate with the first one of your Peruvian H2A workers. And so I, I use that as an example because you just look at the food production system. From the time the food leaves the farm until it hits a plate, there's a lot of non-English speaking folks who make that happen. So you can, you and I can sit here and say, go to work unless you have a fever, get back to work, get back to normal, just make this happen. But they don't understand what we just said. And the communication barrier, I think, is huge in what I live 50 miles from Grand Island, Nebraska. They have a, a, one of the first rural issues was in Grand Island because there was a, a Spanish Mexican quinceanera and they had 400 people get together celebrating a 16 year old birthday two weeks ago. Well, guess what? The next week, next three days, there's 15 people test positive for COVID in the JBS beef plant in Grand Island. I, who knows? They may not nope. even know because what they were supposed to do because we have a communication barrier. And I'm just using a local example. Your example, my example, no different in California. The people who harvest it, I would think in a field, you're a lot different than working together in a packing plant. But still, the whole communication gap is a big part of the problem at this point. And I'll guarantee you, everyone that's working for minimum wage understands the routine. They better follow the instructions now how hard would it be for somebody at any one of those packing plants there's obviously somebody in there that can that is bilingual and say senores senoritas caballeros escucha con fuerza and tell them hey we got an issue here that's going to affect your family first and foremost and if we do not follow these instructions we're all going to be out of a job you know, since the good news is, since the COVID virus, I haven't had one guy run away to a dairy. And that used to be just general, just when the work started getting hard right now. Somebody would come and steal a man and haul him to a dairy because he got his social security card and he's now legit because uh, uh, the ISIS and everybody looks the other way. So, yeah, nobody's running away. I mean, again. It can, that is a very small obstacle that can be handled. But it, and, and, and just like the president shut everything down from China at, in a rapid order, which got the ball rolling to, you know, to, to get a handle on it. That's why, yeah, we got a lot of people that have died of the coronavirus in this country. But compared to other places, it's, it's minuscule. So again, yeah, we have to take proactive not reactive measures and one of those be is an interpreter put it on spanish tv if you have if you're working in grand island nebraska mm -hmm. in that plant and you have a fever you have a you feel poorly you stay home you call your boss and he will pay you the day you stay home until you get over that right. or self paying somebody for 14 days for self-isolation is way better that's yeah. blanketly sending a check to everybody. Yeah, or shutting the plant down. Right. This so, is a man. So my whole dissertation. My whole dissertation about communication is a small hurdle. 
Absolutely, I think. I mean, <laughs> I've got an iPhone that has a list of all the different different languages that you can get on that iPhone to communicate with. Now, it may not be as well a communication as, as you and I, but you can still communicate. And as long as we're going to pay people to stay on welfare, to not take the minimum wage jobs that used to be taken by people of uh, different issues, uh, and we're going to bring in foreign labor, which in the sheep industry, it's 1950s, actually, all the Braceros came here in the Second World War. So, again, people have to eat. Everything else is a Yeah, I agree. And solving. Uh, I think we're going to go to a break early, Hank, because uh, one of us, I assume it's you, has a bit of it. You sound like you've been in the McGillicuddy's whiskey already today, so um, I just want to let people know that I don't think you've been <coughs> in the whiskey. Hand, I, th- I think it's, it's just... It's uh, hand sanitizer. <laughs> just the connection. We're gonna, okay, we're going to take a, a bit of an early break. Hank's going to get coffee. We're going to retool this connection, and we'll be back with the final segment of Roll Route right after this. All right, I'm going to disconnect and call you back because it's really gotten bad. Really? Yeah. Uh, guys, you're just as perfect as perfect can be. I know. You All do. right, I'm going to get you a cup of coffee. All right. We need a bigger discussion on the immunological challenges that we have as American citizens today. And uh, some of it is just happenstance, but a huge chunk of that is... Dietary choices, mostly because we have had the dietary guidelines presented in a flawed way for the past 40 years. Somebody that's on top of that, Nina Teicholz, the executive director of the Nutrition Coalition, has just today sent out a new dietary guideline flaw, and that is that only 20% of our government's nutrition recommendations are based on strong science. That's according to the government's own standards. These standards themselves have been criticized for lacking rigor by no less than the National Academy of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine. Given the ever-rising rates of obesity, type 2 diabetes and obesity, and other diet-related diseases, this dietary advice needs to change. The USDA, in conjunction with Health and Human Services, are right now in the process of putting forth the new dietary guidelines And if we don't get something new as it involves dietary suggestions, how can we expect to have a different result? You need to get involved. Go check it out online. NutritionCoalition.us. NutritionCoalition.us. Get involved. Welcome back to Roll Route. Trent Luce alongside Hank Vogler checking in from White Pine County, Nevada. Uh, I think we sound pretty good now. We being you. I do too. Yeah. I do too. Probably got the little virus in the phone, I oh, suppose. Oh, I think those phones get viruses too. Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. know if a phone has 380 trillion like a human body, but there's got to be one or two. Now, those are inside the body, walking inside, around. Inside, on the body, you can find 380 trillion viruses in a human body at any one given time. I want to meet the guy that claims that he counted them. I did, too. I don't believe, yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and besides, I don't want the American dollar. When Zimbabwe was Rhodesia, 
it, the Rhodesian dollar was connected to the American dollar on a parity, on the same basis. Mm-hmm. When Zimbabwe be, took over Rhodesia, they have trillion-dollar bills. I took one of them into Mother Ray at the PCNA and told him I was going to pay off my notes. And uh, he got work? mad at me. The, not uh, very well. I told him he could keep the change. What a bummer. Yeah. What a jip. But hey, anyhow, we did, figured we looked it up as worth twelve cents. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't I interrupt you when you were about to start talking about Zimbabwe? Oh, probably. How come, I, you know, I got a question for you. How come uh, yes, I can find the coronavirus uh, positives and uh, deaths, no matter how many people actually? have coronavirus you know everything now i saw a report of a guy jumping out of a plane skydiving forgot his parachute he died too of coronavirus but anyway uh, (laughs) at least he needed some toilet paper before he hit the ground yeah so uh, i cannot find data on any of the middle eastern muslim oriented countries they do they not report it are they not having an issue what's going on with that why is there no data from there well, isn't this part of the deal is is that viruses don't do very well in warm weather? I, I thought most of the Absolutely. Middle East is pretty warm country. Yeah, but so, uh, I, that's one component that completely gets left out of this. I understand that when it gets to 85 degrees, it's not an automatic fix, but this virus has proven two things. Look at Stanford University. Stanford University has put forth the most common-sense approach. What Hank Vogler just drank right now, warm fluids, kills the virus, warm water, kills the virus, and heat. Go outside. <coughs> Excuse me, it's that simple. And it won't do you much good here. It's 21 degrees. <laughs> yeah, we got down to 20 last virus. night, too. Yeah. What's going on with that? You guys are supposed to get one heck of a storm. Uh, I think we missed it. I hope there's not another one coming. Three years in the last seven, Hank Vogler, we have had severe winter storms on Easter Sunday, counting this year, which we didn't end up very severe, but people listening north of us did. And does that mean flood or famine or both? Apparently famine. That's what I heard on the news. Yes. (laughs) I think it was storms on Easter. (laughs) Well... But, you know, you got to sell copy if you're in the news business. Yeah. And how do you sell copy? You got to have somebody listening. And how do you get them to listen? You have to have something that's sensational. So they've been, but they eventually lose their audience. They have banged us over the head with this COVID virus and, and Dr. Fauci and everybody standing up there day after day after day. And if you're home and you're not getting sick and the, the banker's calling you with, wanting to know when you're going to make your car payment. And all of this stuff. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? There's enough of that going around before the virus hit. Yeah, absolutely. That's not virus. It was virus induced, but it wasn't virus originated. Right. Yeah. I got a call uh, Friday from a lady that somehow thought my name was Vogler, which is a little tough. Her English language abilities were limited, I think. And she said uh, that I was behind on my car payment, on a, on a pickup payment. So she's still working. And I said, okay, lady. But she had her, her facts, her talking points. And I said, okay, here's how it worked. 
I had two 2014 pickups. One of them burned up, mm-hmm. burned completely to the ground, turned it into the insurance company. The insurance company sent the VIN number off of the other pickup. So the pickup that the insurance company paid off was the wrong pickup. So they paid the pickup oh, off nice. that didn't burn up. I said, I have nothing to do with this. But I, I know I owe three more payments on that pickup. I didn't know that the insurance company had been paid back. I will call Isaiah this morning and ask him what the heck's going on. But anyhow, she had her talking points. She wanted me to give her credit, my credit card numbers and all this stuff over the phone. And it's like $1,500. Well, Isaiah from the insurance company has already called me and said, uh, we paid off the wrong pickup. So I had to pay off the other pickup, which I owed $12,000 on. So it's paid off. So now this one. But do you think I could get that lady to send me a bill? She had her talking points. She It was set in cement. Now, when she goes to the grocery store, uh-huh. I'll bet you that she buys vegetarian soup. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> she don't have any synapse working, I don't believe. Because she had her talking points in the story. No yeah. no common sense. That's what we need. That's that's my point. We need common sense. We'll pay you if you're sick. Stay home. Don't infect other people. And I, you can give it in Vietnamese. You can give it in Mandarin Chinese, in Spanish, Portuguese, whatever okay. it is. But to her point, she was probably working from home, making phone calls on a rotobank or something. Well... She didn't inform me of that. She just would not come on. <laughs> she was not conversational. Is that the moral of the story? She only would speak to what was written on her – it wasn't even written. It was typed on her computer. Yep. I, I, it had to be. It had to be. Was she in the United States? And I was States? more – I may not have been. Yeah. Totally she figured. may not have been on this planet. Yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> They're outsourcing things more than you think. Yeah. Yes, sir, Bob. I couldn't believe it. Lady, send me a bill. I'll pay it. But I'm not going to give you a credit card phone over the phone. I don't even know until I talk to the insurance people if you're even a valid person. Right. And when you can't even pronounce V-O or V-A, it kind of gives me the willies, okay? No, no, you have to do this. But, Sorry, not going to do it. Hank, Bye. how many people would just automatically say, oh, my God, I'll, I'll get my card for you right now and give it to somebody they don't even know or know that it's the right person? Yeah, and and they do it all the time. I get those calls. Hello, this is this is Jake. I, I, uh, you, uh, I need your Social Security number. They're going to uh, – IRS is after you. <laughs> oh, yeah? Okay, that's fine. Uh, you send them by. I hope they like mutton. <laughs> Hang up. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> I never heard of an Oriental named Jake. <laughs> my Social Security card is so old that it says right on it, not to be used for identification. Can you believe that? <laughs> <laughs> I have my original Social Security card that I got when I was 11 years old. When I was 11, you weren't even supposed to get a Social Security card at that time. And I started working when I was 11 years old, but I needed a Social Security card. So I got one. And it says right on it, not to be used for identification. Would you like me to go ahead and give you my number? Yeah. (laughs) Along with your Uh, credit card number, if you could, please. 
Which one, doggone? You know, yeah. I've got a couple of them. You know, I may as well give them all to you just in case one doesn't go through after yeah. I give it. <laughs> it. To get a credit card to go through anymore, it gets tougher and tougher. I, I've not been to a gas station in a while out of state where my card works. Cause they just, and then seven seconds later, I get a call saying that we think there may have been fraudulent activity on your card. If you did not just use your card, please stay on the line and press pound. Yeah, and give us your social security card number. Give us all this information. Wait a minute, you called me. You should have all this information. Yeah. So I think that's even some ripoff stuff. So I know. And cyberspace. And now we're going to move over to uh, coinless, paperless money, Bitcoin. Boy, you know that one scares me too. <laughs> There's something about having. A picture of Benjamin Franklin or, or George Washington, some old dead white guy, as some something that's out there in the twilight zone. Yeah. Oh, sorry. We doggone it. That Bitcoin deal didn't work today. Uh, yeah. Call us back. And, and, and as I understand it, and I'm not going to claim I understand it very well, but uh, there's no financial institution involved. It's just like you handing me money, only it's digital with no receipt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds really cool. Yeah, it sounds... that uncomplicates a lot. So, how, what happens? What happens when they come to repossess something like the sweet little lady that that says yeah. I owe her three car payments? How do you repossess it? You go, wait a minute, I don't have any record of this. What are you talking about? Right. Well, somebody's got to have a record. Right. How how do they collect on it? Yeah, I don't know. So, and. If we're not going to have inflation, what are we going to have? It's called deflation. And I promise you, in agricultural commodities, I see deflation, not inflation. So, uh, How do you my, deflate ethanol, which is like worth zero at the moment? Yeah. I, how about my wool? Well, Best you, wool crop I believe I've ever harvested. Does it make good fertilizer? If you're going to plant it, can you at least get some nutrient value in the soil? I'm sure you could, and you could use it to turn water in a ditch, but we are in a drought. <laughs> we don't have any water in the ditch to turn. <laughs> Set that 450-pound bale in a ditch, that'd sure stop the water. Why don't you build your own little, uh, in Loggy's Junction, just build a little textile plant, hire the people from Vegas that can't work at the casino, and start making clothes? Well, there's a startup cost there, uh, and uh, probably... About like me buying a corn farm in Nebraska. I pretty sure I got about the same idea about that and maybe a little better than starving farming Mike Bloomberg. You just stick the seed in the ground. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have a black thumb. I could, if I, if I planted one acre of corn, there might be one plant come up. It's well, just, you'd be I more, would do it wrong. You'd I'm be sure. more profitable than those guys growing 250 bushel of the acre though, because they can't sell it. They got to bury it. It's yeah. all, it's all, we'll end on that positive note. It's, <laughs> <laughs> we've successfully journeyed down the road connecting rural. Hey, folks, if you don't laugh, you're going to go insane. That's the moral of the story. Just find a way to struggle through it. That's what we do. We've successfully journeyed down the road connecting rural and urban America. Hank Bogler and myself both remind you that all roads do lead to a rural route with wool buried in the ground. Still planning. Exarbon 2020, last weekend of September.
get more involved in this d- tremendous youth development and scholarship opportunity. Go to exarbonstockshow.com to see how you can be a part of this creation of our next generation of leaders.